1: Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Vincent Goodwill here, along with the buddy, Natalie Nat. How are you today?
2: I'm well. How are you, Vince?
1: Wonderful. As you can see, she has a very hard time saying Vince for whatever reason. She wants to call me by my government name like you know <laughs> like she owed me some money or trying to collect some money those are usually the only people that call me by my birth name and I don't think you were trying to do either one of those things I'm
2: just a very but formal person that's all you, you
1: completely understand and you know what else is a really really formal thing
2: what? when
1: LeBron James goes back to Cleveland oh, it Lord was almost Lord. an afterthought yesterday that was the first time In a long time, there wasn't a whole lot of pomp, circumstance, or tiki torches going on with our good folks in Ohio who clearly have nothing better to do. And it's because they have a really, really good team over there. Like Natalie.
2: (laughs) They do. There's a lot of excitement in Cleveland. There is. Um, You know, they still need to do more. But they're an exciting team. They're an exciting team to watch. Donovan Mitchell's having a great year. Little, I'm, one, I'm a little curious about the fit of the guards over there. So, you know, but they're fun, they're a fun and entertaining team to watch for sure.
1: We're gonna to get to Donovan Mitchell cause I got some thoughts about him. And usually I don't change my mind about things. And I'm starting to change my mind in a positive way about Donovan Mitchell. I guess we'll start here since it's just already up, right? Okay. I thought Donovan Mitchell was a, just a scorer, right? a guy that could go out there and get you a bucket, get you 25, get you 30, get you 35. I never was sure if he was leader guy. I was never sure that he was guy who was going to be tone setter, guy that's going to dive on the floor, guy that's going to play defense. And since he's gotten to Cleveland that, he's been everything Utah wished he was and a whole lot more, like diving on the floor, taking these guys under their wings, telling the Lakers to go home or rather go to F home, which I really, really appreciate because somebody from somebody who lives in Cleveland telling somebody from L.A. to go home or go to F home, you know what they say? Gladly. I will gladly go home and leave Cleveland because why would I stay? You know what I mean? Word. But for Donovan, I feel like he's turning the corner. I feel like he's turning himself into a player that can be potentially the best player on a team that goes to the NBA Finals. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but when I saw him take over the end of that fourth quarter, when the, when that game was pretty much tied, like the, the the final score of it being a double-digit game, that's a little bit misleading. Yeah, That game was really, really close for 40 minutes, and Donovan Mitchell took over. I felt like it was like a 19-6 to 6 run that, that made it a little more decisive, but it was Donovan Mitchell making harder plays on both ends of the floor. And when Cleveland is being such a young team, They needed a guy that they could bring in and say, okay, the last five or six minutes, you're going to be the guy to make the play. Not only is he making a play, he's their leader. And it's usually hard for something like that to happen by November or December with a team that made the playoffs the year before. Usually guys are still battling for real estate. Usually guys are still trying to figure out what they were last year, what they're going to be this year. It's been seamless in Cleveland. I can't believe I'm actually saying anything positive about anything or anybody coming out of Cleveland.
2: I mean, I thought I thought Cleveland was going to be good again this year, so I, I'm not so surprised by the start. I do think Donovan Mitchell has been impressive. We had a comment actually, I think like a, about a week ago, we put up like our early season MVP poll, and people were like, "Why aren't you giving Donovan, you know, consideration?" And me and Michael Holly were both like, eh. Um, and that's still sort of the way that I feel about it. But I do think he's having a very good season, and he's being everything that they need him to be. That said. You know, I want to see him do it in the postseason, right? I mean, I get that he's with a new team, but Donovan's been to the postseason with the Jazz before. And so even though this is his first year with the Cavaliers, like I have, to me, it's fair to put expectations on him. So now this performance, the way he's been playing, the consistency of it needs to actually carry over into the offseason. I mean, into the postseason.
1: Well, that's the ultimate test, right? Like, you know, that's the thing that separates the, the James Hardens from the Stephen Currys or, you know, that, that type of thing. It's being able to perform in the playoffs, raising your level of play. For me, Donovan's always done that. It hasn't necessarily translated into NBA Finals appearances or Conference Finals appearances. I think this the structure of the Utah Jazz and probably his own growing that he had to do in terms of the partnership with Rudy Gobert which I don't necessarily put on the young guys because when you get to the league, there's no manual to interpersonal relationships and sometimes coaches and coaching staffs in front of office don't do the best job in fostering those relationships. But now that usually what happens is if a guy gets traded or a guy signed somewhere, there's a point of self-reflection. I asked him this when he was in Detroit last week and I said, Hey, did you, did you go about thinking you know, even before you got traded, but just, you know, when it was going to be New York or it was going to be Cleveland or it was going to be anywhere else, you know, what were you thinking? He was like, I knew I had to get it better defensively. And he was like, I knew I was going to be taking young players under my wing no matter where I went. And he's taking Evan Mobley and he's taking Darius Garland under his wing. And let me be clear, Natalie. Let me be completely clear before anybody, you know, take this and aggregates this the wrong way. I think Milwaukee And Boston, it's the class of the Eastern Conference. But there's a space. The league. Yeah, clearly, right? The league. But I think there's a space that if you wind up finding yourself 2-2 in the second round of the Eastern Conference semifinals, you're in a position where you can take that next step, where you can take a series. I would not be surprised if Cleveland was 2-2 with Milwaukee at the four games or 2-2 with Boston. And if you're in that spot, then that's sustainable growth. That is a spot where you can say, hey, we're better than the Philadelphias, the Atlantas, who knows what the Brooklyn Nets are going to do. I, I know Natalie has thoughts about big toes in Brooklyn and everything else. We don't have to get into that today because, you know, she, she went viral when she talked about somebody's big toe. I don't think Donovan, ha- Donovan Mitchell has a big toe that, that's or a shoe size or anything like that that's, that's going to get in the way. I do think that Cleveland is going to be, has potential to be a party crasher in a way that I don't believe in anybody else in the Houston Conference. And I thought the East was better last year and it's actually better this year.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I, I'm i going to push back on you a little I with respect.
1: Skepticism. I'm hearing skepticism,
2: <laughs> yeah with I just with respect to Donovan, I think that like what's always separated Donovan like in the postseason like he's been good and he's been a playoff riser, but it's what always kept him in that you know top ten to fifteen range player in the league versus that top five or that tier one group or even top ten. Um, Because I could always count on him to have, like, one of those inefficient shooting performances. And his defense, like, I think that he used to get a pass and Rudy Gobert used to get a lot of the flack, but, like, they would just leave him out there and he wasn't doing his job. So I'm happy to hear him talking about playing defense. But I thought he was a very good playoff performer. I thought he could be better. So I think he has to be better than what he's been in the postseason. He needs to actually put himself in the conversation with guys who we – Probably for the most part, considered top 10 players for Cleveland to have any kind of chance to go anywhere.
1: Are you calling him Jim Harden East? Is that what you're doing?
2: No, there's a difference, but I just
1: just for clarity. We don't, we, 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 we do clarity here. Just want to make sure you're not calling him Jim Hardenese.
2: And I'm not because to me and to me, there were like different expectations. Right. So, I mean, I never believed in the Utah jazz, just like I don't believe in the Phoenix suns. I think like they were never going anywhere. So it could be like the expectations, right? Mm. James Harden was expected, you know, those seasons with Chris Paul, they were expected, you know, I mean, this is debatable. Some people will say, oh, whatever, it was still always the Warriors. But, like, they were expected to be the team that could maybe potentially challenge. And then he just often fell short in those, you know, final games. So the expectations weren't the same for Utah. So I wouldn't compare him to, like, a James Harden. He wasn't ever considered the same class of player as James Harden. But he does need to become, you know, like, I, I don't right now confidently say, Donovan's top 10, right? That's what I'm saying. And, like, he needs to, like, be at least a minimum in that top 10 group to for, for Cleveland to have a chance.
1: That top 10 is often crowded.
2: It is. But you gotta that, be one that... of those guys. Like, if he's in a series, right? I mean, and let's even take a group, like, let's say somehow the Nets get themselves together, right? And they're there. If it's Donovan versus KD or Donovan versus Giannis or Donovan versus... Tatum, I would def- I would pick all of those other teams and guys over him, even though the the Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers might have a better group around them, unless Donovan really takes that next step in the postseason.
1: Well, here's the crazy thing: the man is six foot one. He's an amazing athlete. He's broad across the shoulders and all of that. But the man is six one.
2: Understandable. Or six
1: six one and three quarters. And I think because a lot of times, because you fly above the rim and everything, and everybody. Oh, Donovan Mitchell's 6'5". No, he's six foot one. Now, Natalie, we know that you're not a fan of the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> we know that you don't like. We know that you don't like their movies. So, there's another team that I know whose movies you have probably never, ever, ever liked. Exactly. But I wonder if you if, are you going to change your mind? I'm just curious. Are you op- are you opening your mind? You know. Was it Like SWV says, use your mind and not your eyes. Can you do the reverse? Can you use, or it says use your heart and not your eye. Can you do the reverse? Who
2: Can talking you about? use
1: your eyes and not your, on Anthony Davis? I'm just curious.
2: <laughs> so, you know, it's, fun. I, you know. Cause it's... he
1: missed last night. Let, let's, let's, let's reset it. He played a couple of minutes last night went to the locker room Mm -hmm. it was revealed that he had the stomach flu didn't play for the rest of the game the Lakers lost but for the last you know 10 games or so you could easily very easily make the argument that Anthony Davis has been the best performing player in the NBA not the best player but the best performing individual player on both ends of the floor you may not like it (laughs) you can't make that argument (laughs) you can make the argument this is Look, look, Johnny Cochran <laughs> made a whole bunch of arguments nobody believed in, but you can make the <laughs> argument, okay? You can make the argument, all right? You can make oh, the man. argument that he's performed the best over the over this, you know, last 10, 15 game stretch with how he's performed on both ends of the floor. He stayed away from the three-pointers. He stayed away from largely even the mid-range shots, but he's making them. He's just not taking them in abundance. He's playing inside you're playing through him you just don't you just don't believe or do you need to see more which one is it is it is oh. it i will never believe or is it i need to see more of a larger sample size cuz there's a difference between the two i'm curious where you stand
2: well to your question in part it's the latter about seeing a larger sample but i was not someone who ever questioned ad's ability and it's so funny because I, I was going to have this receipt for today, and then he didn't play last night. But on this show with Michael Holly, and I, I think it was you, but unless I can, like, check and confirm, I don't want to say it was you. But you, we had our top 10 list, and I didn't actually have mine, so I said mine verbally. And I said that, like, the top 7 to 8 is, like, solidified in the league, But Anthony Davis could make his way back into the top 10 player. And I was mocked on this show and laughed at. So
3: I'm mocked, (laughs)
1: mocked,
2: mocked. So I am not someone who's ever doubted Anthony Davis's capability. It's not that it's always about his health and can he stay healthy? Right. So that's the main thing for Anthony Davis. So, you know, in my feed where it says, like, this is why I never get too excited about A, because it's always something like I get it flu, sickness, whatever it was last night, but it's always something, right? And I just like, how can that be your best player? And to be clear, because there's still some people who are hesitant to say it, but he is the Lakers' best player. And so, you know, as long as he I don't he think can, that's
1: a newsflash, is it? Is that a newsflash?
2: Look, you know there's some people that are in denial, but we, we don't need to talk about them. The point is that unless he can sustain it, and remain healthy, and this is the part he has to prove to me, that what I saw in the bubble, him turning into Kevin Durant <laughs> light or even, like, matching the kind of shooting that Kevin Durant does in the bubble, that he can do that in a postseason under normal circumstances. And, no, I'm not taking, like, the Lakers, you know, chip away from them. They won a championship, but we haven't seen that 80 It's looking a little funny in the light, though. Right. We haven't seen that Anthony Davis – for a full season into the postseason. So if he can do that, then sure. But I just don't believe that he can.
1: We haven't seen that version of Anthony Davis in a long time. Like, I have firmly been of the belief, and I feel like I feel like I should have mocked myself. It might have very well have been me that you were referring to, right? <laughs> it might have been me. Look, I can put myself on a Summer jam screen, right? I can hold myself accountable and say, you know what? I probably said that Anthony Davis wasn't that guy. I believe I know for sure that I said that on these here airwaves. I'm not sure if I'm the person you're talking about, but let's just pretend that I was. Okay. The body of work that I had wasn't even his, wasn't even the availability. It was what I was seeing when he was available. It was partly him being able to stay on the floor, and partly, you know, the, the Charles Barkley call, calling him street clothes, which I thought was. Really, really funny, but also, man, I bet you A.D. <laughs> took that to heart. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that does not seem very fun to to have to listen to. But my thing was, he wasn't the defensive force that he appeared to be for all those years in New Orleans. And it was like if Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett had a baby. Like, from a skill standpoint, Anthony Davis should be, literally, the most talented power forward to ever play professional basketball but it doesn't always match up that way the the talent doesn't always equal get equaled by the production now the talent has been equaled by the production you're not seeing him getting pushed off the block you're not seeing him get pushed off to 17 18 20 feet guess what he don't have to shoot like he did in the bubble if he planned his if he planted his seven foot behind down there on the block and puts that paw up and says give it to me you don't got to shoot 40% from three. We will never see that player again. But it doesn't mean that this version of him cannot be really, really effective and shockingly really, really dangerous for the Lakers. Because if they've built this team to be Anthony Davis leading and LeBron being the ultimate connector and a bunch of glue guys doing glue-ish things, the Lakers might actually have something if they didn't have this disastrous start. Because they're still 13th in the Western Conference. Right? That's make you know, they've won eight out of ten games before last night, but they had such a disastrous start, Natalie. That's really, really hard for them to dig out of. Even if they're on the East this East Coast trip and they've acquitted themselves well, I still think that eventually it's going to catch up to them. But I can't, I cannot deny, Natalie. I'm impressed.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm not impressed. But, you know, because like I mean what am like what am I impressed by? I know people are going to be like, "Look, the team you love is only one game over 500." But like I don't I don't the Lakers, they haven't been good in like a few years. They got to put it all together for me to Okay, may may I approach the bench? Sure. Like, and treat you like a hostile witness. Oh lord. No, just ask me questions. <laughs> No, you can't. Go ahead. Just ask me questions. So,
1: the, the, no, so, because the thing is, no, because you're saying they haven't been good the last three seasons. But we're only talking about this 82-game sample size in this Western Conference. I'm not playing the devil's advocate because the devil doesn't need one. I hate when people say that. The devil don't need an advocate, right? <laughs> but what I am saying is, what would it take for you? Take take those blue and gold and dub glasses off. Mm-hmm. What would it take for you to be impressed by the Lakers and what they're doing? LeBron is not trying to be the number one guy. It seems like he's seeding that space to Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You got Lonnie Walker, at the four. You got Russell Westbrook, who's, despite his warts, has been better off the bench, right? He's been a much better, much more consistent player off the bench. What would it take for you? Is it the wins or is it the style of play? that would make you believing will make you a believer in what you're seeing.
2: Sure. So let me first clarify that it's not my Warriors fandom that makes me dislike the Lakers. I actually have no mm. issue with them once certain mm. players are not on the squad. But that being said,
3: mm.
2: um what will it take for me Coded to
1: Coded like, language?
2: <laughs> what will it take for me to what was it Believe. I mean I I will never believe in them or be impressed by them that's never going to happen but to like actually acknowledge like they're a legitimate I mean what what is it even that they're legitimate what is their ceiling like do I think that they're going to come out the west or be at the top at the end of the season no I don't believe that but can they be like a legitimate playoff contender this year sure but I mean is that good for the Lakers you know they have different standards so do I think that they may actually make it out of the play-in or not in the play-in Play the music, Gary. Play the
1: music, Gary. Play the music, Gary. I just got word salad.
2: I just got word salad. No, you got an answer that you just don't like.
1: It's not. It's not for me to like or dislike. I just. I just. It definitely
2: wasn't word salad.
1: It was. It was. It was some. It was some Kyrie Irving level word salad. Oh
2: no, no, no! You're not going to do that. I'm much more clear.
1: You much more clear than Kyrie Irving? Yes. What An I said made perfect is much sense. more clear than Kyrie Irving and the infant don't have to. Oh, Lord.
3: So dramatic. It's so true. False. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: The Boston Celtics, I don't know if y'all know, they're talking about one of the better offenses in the history of the NBA. They're going out west. They got the Phoenix Suns tonight in a game that Chris Paul is expected to return after missing virtually a month. So it looked like it's going to be a pretty good game. You can find it on a uh, on a four-letter network at around 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight. But the Celtics have the best record in the league. I'm very, very curious about the thoughts of the man that we're going to bring on next. A man who has never been in the same place, that I've never seen the same place uh with tay diggs from the best man and the best man uh final chapters and all that who was a writer uh who also went to syracuse uh who's also actually at at the same time and it's actually my mentor actually y'all the person who was most responsible for me being the agitating rabble rouser that you see before you today you just ruined it for the people you
4: just ruined it for the people as usual nephew good to be here nice to meet you natalie um
2: nice to meet you too
4: way to to class up the show i appreciate y'all classing up the show thank you natalie (laughs) thank you appreciate it appreciate it
1: thank you for saying that but 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 I'm i'm just very curious because i've watched the celtics and i'm beyond impressed with all of the internal drama that we don't have to get into where I had a, a one magic uh, uh, flub up uh, when I was with uh, Jim Trotter and Holly that made the rounds through YouTube that I won't, I won't reference here, but I'm sure you can find it. Um, with all the internal stuff, with Robert Williams III being a big part of the defense, not playing, having gone through surgery, are you surprised that the Celtics are clearly on another tier from every team in the NBA so far?
4: Well, let let me just say that the journey that the Celtics have taken to get here has been a long one that I think not a lot of people thought that they would be where they're at now. They're head and shoulders above the rest of the NBA, and they're doing it uh, in a way that no one really saw coming. You knew Tatum was going to do what Tatum does. He's a baller. That's what they do. And Jalen Brown has been really good, but all those other side dishes, the side pieces, the guys that are in the suburbs have have, have come together together. You can't say speak.
2: side pieces, Sherrod.
4: I just did.
2: Let the man speak. ahead. You can't say side the, see, pieces n- now like
4: given this. the Celtics. See, you, you, you caught that, but you totally missed the long reference at the very beginning. But that's another story. Anyway, bottom line is the collective body, the collective group of the Celtics is getting it done in a way to complement their superstar players who are, again, playing at a level that I, I have never seen him play. I look back at that Brooklyn game, and it really looked like father time was just, like, tapping Kevin Durant and Kyrie on the shoulder, and they're looking around, and next thing you know, you got Tatum going in for a layup. You got Jalen Brown stealing their cookies and eating them, munching to the rim. They, those two guys are on a different level right now, and the guys around them are stepping their games up to be right next to it. Yeah, so the
2: Celtics are right now, I think, the, well, they, they have the best record in the NBA, but I agree with um, Vince that they, they just look great. Um, and they're just, sometimes with certain games you watch them play, like, they're just blowing teams out. Like, they're not even trying. I mean, they're just so dominant right now. Is there any concern for them, or do you have any concern that someone's so familiar with the team that having this hot start, you know, sometimes you can get off to, like, a really hot start and then fizzle, is that any concern for you at all or the team? I'm not
4: that concerned about that, Natalie, and, and the main reason is because even though they're winning, obviously, a lot of games, they're not playing great basketball. I mean, basically what they're doing, their teams are playing them pretty toe-to-toe for the most part, and they just decide to just turn it up for like five, six minutes and blow teams out. They're And what they're doing, uh, I don't know if it's going to go away because basically they're making a ton of shots, and the reason why they're making a ton of shots is because everybody's open everybody the the ability that Tatum has to draw attention the ability that Jalen has to draw attention and the ability of their guys around him to knock down open shots it forces teams to to not be able to double team to tilt to blitz as much as they want to because all Tatum and Brown are doing is giving up the pill and guys are either knocking down those shots or they'll wait till the defense gets back into man-to-man coverage and swing it back to the stars who are knocking down shots and defensively is where I think the Celtics are, are. To me, this that's what makes them scary because they have not been a yeah. very good defensive team. And yet you look at the last 10 games, they're ranked, I think, 12th in the NBA in defensive rating. Yeah. And that's only going to get better when Robert Williams III, a.k.a. Time Lord, comes back to the scene. And that, again, this is a team that is playing exceptional basketball right now that has key elements that are going to return and get better. And they have been killing the load management game like nobody. Tatum, you get a day off. We still win by fifteen. Jalen, you get a day off. We might win by ten. Marcus, Al, y'all all get days off. They, they're doing the Oprah. they giving the Oprah treatment to, to the days off,
2: and they're winning. <laughs> well, I had the Oprah meme in my head, so it's so funny that you said that.
1: You get a day. Yeah. You get a day. No, but and we still gonna win by ten, <laughs> right? And we still gonna win by ten. Sharad, you have covered championship teams and championship style teams. Like like contending has kind of followed you. For the past twenty plus years, you're like it's like the Sherrod blakely stimulus package. You know what I mean? Like you covered wow. championship teams in Detroit, and then when you saw the the you saw stuff going other way, you was like, let me get up out of here and and go to Boston. Very rarely do black <laughs> men flee to Boston and prosperity and prosperity finds them, but you seem to have figured out the game on that one. But when I look at I Jen- had to bring that up, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> A whiteout in game four of the NBA Finals just 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 stuck the hell out of me. A whiteout mm-hmm. in game four of the NBA Finals in Boston? Whatever, whatever. But to my point, Sherrod, you've been around Jason Tatum since he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. I did not see him developing into this level of shot maker and complete player I never saw him, even though he could have been the number one pick that year and Danny Ainge swindled swindled Philadelphia and everything else. I did not see Jason Tatum as number one pick with the Duke pedigree and everything else, developing into an MVP type of player because I didn't see the athlete in him. Do you see that he's gotten to that next level? Is he truly in that upper echelon where you're talking about Steph and you're talking about Giannis and you're talking about Luka Doncic or whoever you want to put in that top three of basketball player category? Is he, is he now there, or is he just playing at a high level?
4: He's there. He, he, and I'm going to tell you why he's there. When you look at him play now, the ball boys have a real easy job. Because you, you know when, when guys are out there, they got to go out and get the, and wipe the sweat off with the little rags and stuff. There's no sweat coming off him. And he's still giving you 37, 8 rebounds, 4, 5 assists. And he's doing it. He's light work is what he's doing to cats out there. And I didn't think that he would be as complete as he is right now, but I knew he had the potential. Uh, I go back to when, you know, when he was a young kid just playing bitty ball. And when, you know, his, his dad, you know, told me a story, you know, years ago about how, you know, Jason was playing really bad basketball. And he just went out there and he got in Jason's face, jacked up this little eight, 19-year-old kid and said, you, you're not playing, you're playing like crap. And Jason went out and dropped, like, 30, 40 points in the second half. And he was like, and that's when his dad knew, this kid, he he might have something. And Jason, I think, has always had that 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 killer in him. It's just that now we're starting to see it on a consistent basis. And the thing that people have to remember is that it's not like this he was a, an old player when he came to the league, or even average. He was not, I mean, in Boston, you know, the, the big joke was that Jason was 19 for, like, three, first three or four years in the league. He was 19. Now he's like a 24-year-old stud who has the experience of making deep playoff runs damn near every year. And now you don't worry about Kyrie. You don't worry about, you know, Isaiah Thomas or, or not Isaiah Thomas, but just a lot of the bigger name players that he has had to kind of share the spotlight with. It's all him. And Jalen Brown is doing his part to be that 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 nice one B or number two option. But Tatum is look. Physically speaking, he's had the tools to be a great player. I just didn't think they would come together the way they have at both ends of the floor. Because I knew he could get buckets, but his defense has been real all NBA-ish lately.
2: Oh, so I have two questions. I'm sorry to throw two at you, but I need to know. Um, Natalie, we got you. <laughs> so for because I I remember a time when they like people were just talking about splitting up Jalen and Tatum. Um, and now that looks like the craziest notion to ever have thought of. But Jalen is also having an incredible season. I'm a huge Tatum fan, always have been. But do you think Jalen still has like another level to, to get to where Boston could legit have like two superstars, like a top five player and a top 10 player? That's the first question. Oh, absolutely.
4: And I think the, the biggest, yeah, the, the big thing with Jalen is just his handle. He gets that handle a little bit tighter you can't guard him because right now you damn near can't guard him when he goes to the cup. And if you give him a three ball, he's knocking that down with regularity. The minute he gets to the point where he tightens up that handle and he's not committing a lot of unforced turnovers, he becomes unstoppable. So now all of a sudden, you got two unstoppable cats, both of which are, and, and this is the crazy part—they're not even peak. They're not even at their peak game. You know, when I look at this Celtics team, they remind me of a younger version of that 2008 Celtics team where you had Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, who I thought were in SOS mode, state of stability. Where they were at at that point, they weren't going to get any better because they were at the top of the mountain. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are damn near at the top of the mountain, and they're looking up and like, yo, we still got another level or two we can go. And we're still killing these cats right now that's the kind of scary part about this team with me they got their two go-to guys who have the ability to dominate already and they're not even at at peak game shape yet uh in terms of what they can do so yeah jalen is is, a, is an absolute killer and he got and Tatum is too
2: Okay, and so on this day right now, it's very early. We're not voting. I'm not a voter. But should Jason Tatum be considered the front runner for MVP right now? Um, I think when I saw like NBA.com's last list, he was at the top. But I just feel mm-hmm. like all I hear is Luca, 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 Luca buzz, and I'm like, why is like why is Luca getting consideration? And Jason Tatum is playing incredibly, and his has he's leading the best team in the NBA.
4: Yeah. I'ma let Vinny get into his reasons why Luke is leading because I know Vinny, oh. he's one of mine. So I'ma let him go there. But I'm gonna say this. Tatum is without question the best player in the NBA right now. He is scoring at a high clip, he's Ooh. rebounding. To me, I've got listen, I've got f i have got I have. What player are
2: five- playing the best?
4: He is the best player right now. He's the and, and I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why he's the best player. Because every time that dude suits up on the floor on a bad night, he's getting you 25. On a bad night, he's giving you 25, and they're beating you by 12. That's when you know you're a great player. When you don't have to be great, and your team can step up and fill that void, and you still put up big numbers. His ability to score, rebound, defend, pass the ball, and make his teammates better, which to me is the essence of greatness when those around you are better. That's why I'm not on the Luka train because I don't see cats stepping their game up with Luka on the floor. I look around at the the, the Celtics. Derek White is shooting damn near 40%. Brent Williams, damn near 40% for three point range. They've never done that before. And Tatum's ability to be on the floor has a lot to do with that. Yes, he's the best player in the game right now. Ooh,
2: Absolutely. I can't find that, but okay. My and don't,
4: vo- don't bring up street clothes. Do not bring up street clothes in this conversation because he is not that dude.
1: Okay. I wasn't bringing up street clothes. You okay. know Natalie. Natalie is a member of, of Gold-Blooded Hive, so you know where she's oh, going. No. I am an impartial an <laughs> impartial <laughs> voter here with, with, with no uh, favoritism or anything like that. Uh, oh boy, I believe the go. best player in the game. I believe the best player in basketball. His birthday was yesterday. Uh, a couple of so he's a Sagittarius like me, which means he's got all the calm, but there's a fire brewing underneath. Y'all know that man, Giannis.
2: That's a more acceptable answer. That's the
1: best. That's the best player in basketball. I mean, he's that guy. I'm like we're 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 not really having a uh, like a discussion. Like the, there's a tier, Sharad, and Jason Taylor might be in that tier. But Giannis is at the top of the tier. With well, Giannis the got steps. the chip. Yeah,
4: Giannis has the chip, and I and I, I will yes. I will give you that. I will give you that. That, but listen, you're not going to put oh my,
2: Jason Tatum oh, over Stephen Curry yet when he just like killed him last year in the finals, and Steph is also playing. You incredibly. said last year, right? It he doesn't said, matter. Like, okay. Steph is still playing. Oh, okay. He's still having an incredible season this year. So yeah, and his no.
4: team is having a great season too. Oh wait, no, they're not. That's no, they're right. not. They're but not. that's okay. Oh, neither, oh, okay.
2: neither were the Celtics last year. But they got there. It's all right. You don't got to worry about four time champions. They'll turn it around and fix it.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Draymond, pool. That's gonna be. I'm playing, wait for the pool party. Come
2: playoff <laughs> Would you like a rematch? Would you like to see that? Do you think they'd want that? Assuming like that would I be think, much oh, more enjoyable I think than Suns, wants right? That.
4: I think everybody wants that uh, because because here's the thing I love about Golden State. First of all, I, I, I like Golden State's player. I like the way they play. I like the edge that Draymond brings to the game. You will never, ever, ever hear me criticize Draymond for that edge. He can take it a little too far, but I love it anyway.
1: The Habitual Celtics... line stepper. Habitual. You know steadily. what, but,
4: but Vinny, Vinny, I covered the Pistons, so you already know. One of my favorite players is Rasheed Wallace, as you know. So don't talk to me about crossing the lines. I will rock with the guys that cross lines because the guys that cross lines are about one thing, winning at all costs. And if that means or hurting no, your feelings in no the process, self-control. Well, he gets a lot of control. i give you that. But you know what? I can rock with that. I, can work. I I absolutely can rock with that because he's all about winning. I'd rather him go out of control trying to win than be sedate and sedate and just want to compete. Nah, nah. Competing is for those 28 other squads in the league. I'm, I'm rocking with them.
2: And I love but the it, Celtics for the record, just so, like, they are my second favorite team. So I want to see a rematch.
4: I just think fans want to see that. Yeah. That fan, because that's serious. And Tatum, you know, and we found out after the fact, Tatum had a little wrist issue that he was dealing with. Um, didn't talk about it during the playoffs because he knew you can't win that conversation. If you say you're hurt they say you soft. and if you play through it they say well damn it you hurt the team because you played so just keep your mouth shut and keep it moving right and talk about it afterwards but bottom line is this i think golden state is going to be a team that's going to get better as the season progresses i do Uh, and i look out west and i don't feel there's a lot of teams that i that make me if i'm in the east shouldn't no one there's nobody that you're scared of nobody that you're worried about other than golden state because golden state has been there done that before your, the biggest challenge the Celtics will have is getting out of the East because Milwaukee is going to be, be trouble. I don't know what to make of when Chris Middleton gets back. Uh, I don't know how that's going to affect things. And you never know about something like Cleveland is a team I like a lot in the East. They're young. They got some They got some growing pains to go through. But they, they are one of the teams that has had the Celtics number. Uh, they've beaten them twice. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of teams in the East that I think could potentially make – the Celtics path a little bit harder, but I want Golden State to be there. Uh, because I think that would be a I would think that frankly would be the two best teams at the end of the day playing for the Chip.
2: I like you, sure This ain't
4: this, this ain't this ain't pick your opponent.
2: This ain't uh <laughs> But that's what's this gonna ain't happen. My, listen,
4: this listen, ain't my, listen, Eastern Michigan, you just relax the sex, Mr. Eastern Michigan. All right, let, let, let the grown folks have a conversation. We'll bring you in when it's time to bring you in, nephew. Come I need now. you
2: I need you here all the time show, when Vincent is show here. Show some
4: <laughs> respect for your co host, nephew. Come on. Damn. <laughs> you are lucky. You are my mentor. <laughs> you know I love you, boy.
1: And I respect my elders, Aisha. Blakely, I appreciate you. Have all I the jokes you nephew. can at my expense, but I root for West. That's why I want Miami, LA. I don't want none of y'all teams. Don't nobody want to see that. See,
4: don't do that, Vinny. Don't you, nobody want to see that. You know what the it would be like for that? that? Nobody trying to see Jimmy Butler. I don't care about the
1: for seventeen I don't care for the first week. Nobody don't want to do that. you remember the last time
2: what happened when we were in Miami? We had a ball. We care about being entertained.
1: Oh, we were entertained.
2: Oh, okay. Stop nephew. All right. Time to break. Time to break. We don't need to know about your shenanigans.
4: Shut it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
0: Trey Young's absence from Friday night's game versus the Nuggets wasn't due to a shoulder injury. Um, apparently, uh, Trey came in to shoot around, or came to shoot around morning, Uh, Wanted to get treatment. Nate McMillan said that if you don't come out to shoot around, uh, you won't start. You'll come off the bench or you don't have to play. And Trey decided not to play. Um, Neither of us are fans of Nate McMillan. (laughs) Let's just put this out there. Um, I think he's done a good job of, again, creating a foundation for this team. But... It doesn't seem like he has the locker room anymore, and he's more of an old-school type coach. And that's not a bad thing, but that's not what the NBA is anymore. I think there's maybe less than five coaches that are like these older, old-school type coaches. Um, Nate McMillan's one of them. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect, I just feel like this game has kind of passed his ways by, his, 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 his approach to the game. All this stuff has kind of passed him up.
1: That was Matt Barnes being really, really pointed toward Nate McMillan. The gentleman you see to my right, Todd Bozeman, assistant coach of Rhode Island, former head coach at a California coach. He's got a wealth of basketball experience, and I'm really, really curious because of the player-coach relations that are, that's going on right now in Atlanta between Trey Young and Nate McMillan, for those who aren't up for it. Uh, Trey Young basically just didn't show up to a game the other day, and it came out. Uh, over the weekend of uh, an altercation or a verbal altercation basically between the two and Trey young just didn't show up. What what side do you sit when something like that happens, whether it gets out public or not, but just the the verbal altercation itself what's been reported?
5: Well first of all let me say thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. It tremendous opportunity. Glad to be here with 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 you Vincent and and Nat. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, I, w- I will say this I, I will say that uh, it's interesting getting that point of view from Matt Barnes. Um, he is a he is closer to the players nowadays than Nate Miller Nate McMillan is and uh, a lot of times you do have to kind of blend with the blend the two worlds. I'm not saying Nate is wrong because you do have to set a, a precedence. Uh, but then you have to get a feel for your best player and it's really a collaboration and, and you have to work with that player and that player has to respect that you have to put down rules and you have to follow them. And if, if, that's, if that's how it is, so be it. But it should have never got out though. From what I understand, that was a situation that somebody leaked that and, and that's that's a different topic in itself.
2: What do you make of Matt's comments about the fact that Nate is more of an old school coach and essentially saying like he, he's not adapting and changing with the times? Have you found yourself like as a coach having to change as generations change and the players change? Um, yeah, what do you make of those comments?
5: Well, the players are different nowadays. That's for sure. And uh, you know, some people you can you can argue, you go back and forth. Some say they're not different. Some say that they they, they are. Some say it's, it's the coaches that are different. But the the I, I will say this: that success, there is no secret to that. There's a standard that's set, and there's a standard that's followed. And you have to you have to do that. But then both sides have to respect each other and respect that they see things a little bit different and find a happy medium and go from there. Hopefully that answers your coach, question.
3: It
2: does. Go ahead, Vincent. Sorry, and
5: Coach. And coach it, it seems like today coaching
1: is less about X's and O's, right? We we you talk about X's and O's, everybody has sort of similar sets. You watch a basketball and you kind of see it's a lot more who you have as opposed to you running something slick compared to what another team has. So when you take the X's and O's out of it, how much is the relationship part of it so much more complicated now, whether it's a coach with his best player or it's coach with with his 10th man, you know, in the advent of social media, the advent of, you know, coming out of the AAU generation and everything else. How is this coaching, you know, just different now? as far as being able to connect
5: with your best player and managing that relationship? I think it's all about managing relationships. That's, to me, that's what it's all about. I mean, the basketball is what it is. Everyone studies the game. Everyone puts the time in, I shouldn't say everyone, but the majority of the people put the time in. <laughs> but but it, it it definitely comes down to relationships and there's a respect level that has to be there on both sides. From the players and from the coaches, and once as a coach, you establish that, then you have a better opportunity to 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 move forward. But everybody has to be on the same page, so it's a collaboration. This is no different than no different than a marriage. I don't know if either one of you guys are married, but I'm 33 years in, so it's a collaboration. Ooh. So you have to you have to work Ooh. at it, and you have to agree to 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 respect the differences in one another. So that to me, that's 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 a large part of it.
2: Well, salute to you. That's incredible. 33 years. My parents made 50 a couple of years ago, so I applaud Thank marriage. You. That, that's age.
5: goals.
3: <laughs>
2: goals for real. Um, can we switch gears? I still want to um, ask you some more coaching questions, but I wanted to move on to another team in the NBA. Um, one who I think you have some familiar, familiarity with this coach, um, Jason Kidd. Um, there's been a lot of commentary. Maybe it's mostly on Twitter. Who knows? But people have been kind of questioning the job that he's doing, although the, the Mavs do look to be turning it around. And I'm just wondering, like, from your perspective, how do you think he's doing and handling the coaching job so far and, and making of his coaching just in general since he's become an NBA coach? He's been now the coach of a couple of teams. What do you make of him as a coach and how he's doing um, with the Mavericks so far this year?
5: Well, first of all, I, I think he's doing a great job. Um, I was actually at training camp, so I, I was there during during the training camp, uh, and I, I thought that he. And I actually told him this. I thought he he's great with the guys. Uh, he he has a great temperament, and uh, I think he, he's laying a, a great foundation. You know, not everyone can coach a superstar like like Luca. Uh, I, I will just I won't use any names, but I'm just going to give a, a an example. If you take Steph Curry, although he was having some success, his success went to another level with a different coach that was allowing him to express himself the way that he expresses himself. So you, you, Steph Curry could have played for a coach that wouldn't allow him the freedom to shoot threes the way that he shoots the the, the three pointers. So to me, that's the that's the difference. Jay is is doing, I think he's doing a great job with Luca. Luca's a is a is unicorn, as I would say, he's an unbelievable talent. And not everyone has the can have the same success level coaching a player of that talent, and he also can can relate to him from the standpoint of being a player at that level. Jay wasn't an MVP, but he's a Hall of Famer and a, and a top seventy five player. So I would imagine that Luca would respect that and respect how Jay sees the game. And he also he also laid. I would say that he was successful at laying the groundwork with Giannis. Uh, out in Milwaukee when he had him there. Now that that one was a little different. He had to approach him uh, differently, but still as a coach, that's what you have to do. You you have to have a standard, but you still have to 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 deal with players uh, uh, in a in fairly. That doesn't mean it's the same. It's like we tell your children, you know, my son and my daughter, I'm treating you fair, but that doesn't mean it's the same rules.
1: Unfortunately, as a middle child, you just brought back some parental PTSD about <laughs> being treated fairly and not the same. But, but, and it's funny you brought up this great point, Coach, about him laying the groundwork for Giannis when he put the ball in Giannis's hands and allowed Giannis to make you know mistakes and strides as a point guard. I feel like coaching Giannis is a little bit different than coaching Luka Doncic because people talk about you know the fact that Dallas doesn't have other shot creators. I feel like that's more of a function of the roster more so than a function of the coach. I feel like Jason's doing what the roster is calling for him to do, which
5: is put the ball in Lucas' hands and have everybody eat off him. Is that the same way you see it? That is exactly the same way I see it. And, I, and I, 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 obviously I didn't do a good enough job making that point about the fact that he coached two different players uh, and with two, two s- different sets of sk- – still two different skill sets. So – I thought he did a great job with 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 Giannis, and he's doing a great job with Luca. But you're right to the point; it's about the players around him. I mean, if you look at if you look at the successful teams in the league right now, how many of them have multiple uh, All Stars on their team, on their roster? Whereas Dallas is not in that same situation. Not a knock on any of the other players, but he doesn't have a a Batman. I mean, a Robin, so to speak, to to play to his Batman as as the other teams do right now.
1: Hey, Coach, I, I'm, I'm not married. I, I've never been close to being married, but I feel like when we have our Love Doctor segment here on Brother From Another, we're going to have to bring you back on for some for some advice because you don't see 33 years no more. I'm barely 33 years old, but I can't, you know, I ain't going to say my age, but I'm a little bit older than 33. I can't uh, imagine funny. keeping a relationship that long. That's, there's got to be some secrets there.
5: Well, first of all, I've been with her since I was fifteen years old, so we've been together for a Ooh. long time. And uh, so that's number one. Number two, when you mention the middle child, I'm a middle child, so <laughs> I understand that. But I'm also a parent now, so I was dealt with one way. Now it's my turn to do to do things my own way. So, well, actually, I'm done with that. My children are just as old as as, as you guys, really. But um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, if you have that segment, you definitely can bring me back on, Will. we'll. we'll uh, I don't want to be, uh, it's a brother from another, but, you know, I don't want to be the contrary brother.
2: We got you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: appreciate you, Coach. We're going to bring you on again soon. Alright, thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great one.
2: You too.
5: You
1: too.
2: Did you believe it? Did you believe no. it, Vince?
1: <laughs> no. I
2: didn't.
1: I didn't.
2: Uh, Any, a, anybody
1: with a, a brain. Anybody with a brain.
2: But it was a legit debate. It occurred. Like,
1: Do I do I think that he could make a couple of them?
2: He did. He said he yes. made two.
1: I definitely believe that he could make it. You know how I know that he didn't make all of them? Because he got whatever that is wrapped around his waist. He ain't making all five with some cream jacket or whatever that was wrapped around his waist. If that ain't the peak of light skinnedness, that is the peak of oh light skinnedness. Oh, Lord.
2: Happy belated <laughs> birthday, Vince. Happy belated Thank you. birthday.
5: <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So,
0: no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,